Hello, everybody. Welcome to the newest edition of The Shoe with Shukri Writes on the Pacifica Radio Network, wherever you may be. However you may be listening, thank you for making this show part of your routine. Always appreciated. Follow me on social media, on Twitter, at Shukri Writes. That's at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. Follow me on Instagram, at SWritesRadio underscore. That is at S-W-R-I-G-H-T-S-R-A-D-I-O underscore. Follow me on social media. And I got a great show for you coming up. Listen, a lot of it will be NFL playoff talk. And mixed in with some other thoughts on what's going on in around the world of sports. But I got to start with the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because, listen... I am a firm believer in adversity making a team better. I am a firm believer in that. When a team goes to adversity, your team becomes better. So when it comes time for the next level, and that next level is the playoffs, you're ready. You're ready to roll. You're saying to yourself, huh, you know what? We've already been in that mindset for so long. We're ready. We're ready for it. Let's go. And there's no greater contrast of that very example than the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I mentioned I'm going to start talking about the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, as I begin to really gather my thoughts and really get it all together, I can't even begin to tell you how shocked I am by what happened in that AFC wildcard game between the Browns and Steelers. Let me first start off by saying that Juju Smith-Schuster, he's got to have to hold this L. A nice, hot, flaming, smoking L. Like like one of those metallic brands that you see with, with them large letters. Lit up in flames, smoking. But this one is a shape of an L. Why? Because Juju Smith-Schuster committed the same mistake that Dabo Sweeney made in firing up your opponent. And I talked about this on last week's show, that you don't give your opponent bulletin board material going into a, a matchup. You just don't do it. It never works out well. Never. Juju Smith-Schuster basically called the Browns the same old Browns. And I knew right then and there, honestly and truthfully speaking, that this was going to come back and bite them one way or another. And you talk about the game couldn't have gotten off to a more inauspicious start. I mean, literally. You... On the first play of the game, you had a snap go over your head and trickle into the end zone. And I want to sit here and for a moment completely blast Ben Roethlisberger because I went back and had the chance to watch the, the replay of that particular play. And my thought is... Why didn't Ben Roethlisberger jump on the ball and leaving the responsibility solely on James Conner? Why? 
because I thought in my head, I mean, at the very least, the ball is at the two-yard line, one-yard line. You lose yards. It's still a scoreless tie. You can fix that. But when James Conner fell on the ball and the ball trickled into the end zone, in which the Cleveland Browns recovered and which became a touchdown, a fumble recovery, I said to myself, ooh, I know this train. And when that train gets rolling, it is not pretty at all. Cleveland on defense. I mean, you talk about defensively, they they were absolutely outstanding. But you talk about being a firm believer in momentum. I am a firm believer in momentum. That first play set a bad precedent. It set the stage for what turned out to be a pretty forgettable night. I mean, how often is it that you throw for 500 yards in a playoff game and lose? Oh, that's right. Tom Brady, the former quarterback of the New England Patriots, now current quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who also won over the weekend, did it in Super Bowl 52, threw for 505 and lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, my gosh. My, oh, my. If there was ever a time that I sat here and wanted to take a look at the guy and I say, this guy absolutely does not get it, this would be the time. And I know there are people who are listening to this program they are saying, what are you talking about? What do you mean he doesn't get it? The stop goes over your head. You literally stood there for a second. You literally stood there. Go back and watch the video. The video don't lie. You stood there and watched as James Conner hopped on that football for dear life, which he failed to hold on to, which trickled into the end zone. That's, that, let's start right there. I'm sorry. I get that you're trying to protect yourself, that you're trying to, you know, you know, preserve your body and all that fun stuff, but this is the playoffs, my guy. What are you doing? You have to have more awareness to know that, Oh, I probably should jump jump on that ball because if I do, in the very least, it won't go into the end zone. And the decision-making by Roethlisberger was absolutely god-awful. Between the four interceptions, I thought three of them were absolutely poor excuses overthrow. Decision-wise, it was poorly thought. I look at Roethlisberger and I say to myself, my guy, what are you doing? Like, there was no excuses for some of the decisions that he was making throwing the ball in that game. Now, let me be the first to tell you, the Cleveland Browns, they went through their adversity. They played their game without their head coach being in the building because of COVID. Him testing positive for COVID and that in itself was a blessing in its own right. And a blessing in a way that you talk about this team playing like playing like inspired football. I mean, my goodness. You talk about Baker Mayfield coming out and performing so well, especially in that first quarter where I honestly thought 
He did an absolutely outstanding job. He did not turn over the football once. He was he was very aggressive when needed. He was also very much in control of the huddle pretty much the entire game. And can we give a big shout-out to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? Because I thought that running game was absolutely outstanding. I mean, my goodness. And I hope that um, that Kevin Stefanski is doing much better because he had tested positive for, for COVID and couldn't make the trip to, to, to Pittsburgh for the game. And as well as Joel Botonio, he tested positive for the coronavirus last week. Along with Cardero Hodge, wide receiver, and two offensive assistants. Even though they were shorthanded, you talk about the Browns coming out swinging in the first 17 seconds of the game. That was it. It may be crazy to say, but I don't think it is crazy to say that the game was decided right then and there. Was the game over? No. But there was something to be said about every dog has its day. And we know the Browns, you know, dog pound, all that fun stuff. Every dog has its day, and the Cleveland Browns had that dog have its day in that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the Cleveland Browns, you talk about coming out swinging out of the gate in that whole first quarter. I had never, ever seen anything like this. Not even Super Bowl 51 when Atlanta raced out to a 21-3 lead over the New England Patriots. We all know how that ended. But this, this was a, this was an absolute beatdown in the first quarter for the ages. In fact, the Cleveland Browns became the first team to score 28 points in the first quarter of a playoff game since the Oakland Raiders did it in 1969. That's how bad it was. And when the game got to 35-7, to truth be told, I was like, you know what, this game's over. Even if the Pittsburgh Steelers began to piece together drive after drive and Ben Roethlisberger did get hot in the end, I honestly knew right then and there that this game was over. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, a lot of the yards that Roethlisberger threw, 500-plus yards, 501, was a lot of it was in garbage time, let's be honest. It wasn't, oh, my God, he did it with the team down by a score or two scores to bring him back in the game. No. They never got closer than 11 points, 12 points at any given point in the game. But this is absolutely stunning by what we saw from the Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have to start the show talking about this. Because after all that I did last week, right here on The Shoe in the inaugural show on Pacifica Radio Network, talking about Dabo Sweeney not giving your opponent the bulletin board material. Juju Smith-Schuster did exactly that. And now guess what? His season done. Who knows what the situation will be regarding Ben Roethlisberger, whether if he will return in 2021. That remains to be seen. But the fact of the matter is, Juju Smith-Schuster should not have opened his mouth. There's no getting around it. 
And to make matters worse, I look at him now and I say to myself, let this be a lesson, please. Because a team that goes to adversity and you give them extra reason to be motivated, it's just a bad look. It's a bad idea. You put your team at an absolute disadvantage and to make matters worse, at an absolute disadvantageous situation that they can get themselves out. And as I think about this game, I think about the fact that Cleveland was absolutely relentless running the ball. Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry had it going all night with the chemistry between the two. You talk about Jarvis Landry, he had well over 100 yards receiving in this game and was a factor in this game. And I mentioned about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in this game that they were absolutely able to control the line of scrimmage. And that in itself was very important because it's not often that you say that the Pittsburgh Steelers did not win the battle of the line of scrimmage. This is a team that has always, by and large part, won the battle of the line of scrimmage. Physical play with the offensive line. Physical play with the defensive line. But the fact of the matter is, you didn't see that. You didn't see that at all in this game. The Cleveland Browns from onset brought it to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Cleveland Browns defensive line did its part. They created pressure, but they they didn't get really any sacks against Ben Roethlisberger. But they forced him, or should I say Roethlisberger forced himself, into making bad decisions with the football. Four times, that is. And that's something that I look at when I begin to reflect on this game, is that the game arguably, and I do mean arguably, may have been lost at the line of scrimmage, at the line of attack. Listen, I respect what the Steelers have been able to build. The offensive line. Starting with Mike Pouncey, he's an all-pro center. No doubt about it. But offensively, oh my gosh. This team could not find its foot in quicksand until well after the fact when it was already too late. I wholeheartedly believe that the Cleveland Browns are for real. I already knew then when they beat Pittsburgh in week 17, and I try to warn someone really close and near dear to me that this Cleveland Browns team is not to be overlooked, not to be taken for granted, and not to be taken lightly. And here we are in the aftermath of this game. The Cleveland Browns, dare I say, shocked the world. Because how many of you honestly had the Cleveland Browns laying the absolute tail whipping that they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't see it coming, and it's okay to admit that. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do now because they got the Kansas City Chiefs coming up in the AFC Divisional Round. Coming up next, there is a reason why I really believe that this particular honor may actually not be an honor rather a curse if not tread it lightly i'm going to tell you exactly what i'm talking about 
Coming up next right here on The Shoe with Shukri Wright on Pacifica Radio Network. Can you tell if the surfaces in this kitchen are crawling with bacteria that could cause chronic arthritis? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. Wash surfaces, utensils, and hands frequently with soapy water while preparing food, especially when handling raw meats or eggs. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by cleaning with soap and water as you go. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire. When a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Shoe with Shukri Wrights right here on Pacifica Radio Network. Thank you for listening to the program wherever you are and however you may be listening. Always appreciate it. Hope everybody has had the opportunity to decompress after a very, very long and uh, tiring week last week. Now, I want to have the opportunity to 
give you my social media contact. Let me know what are your thoughts on the show. Hit me up on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Shukri Writes. That's at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. And you can follow me on Instagram at S Writes Radio underscore. That is S Writes R-A-D-I-O. I'll spell it all over again for you. That's at S-W-R-I-G-H-T-S-R-A-D-I-O, then the underscore. Now, there's very few honors that one receives in life that is considered to be pretty prestigious. And I'll be the first to tell you that one of those honors is the Presidential Medal of Freedom. It's the highest award that a civilian can receive in the United States. Now, the other day, the news broke that Bill Belichick will be receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Donald Trump. Normally, this would be a really big deal, and in some ways, it still is a pretty big deal. But frankly, I just don't feel the same, not necessarily about the award. The award is still very special. It's the highest in the land. But under these circumstances, I just don't think Bill Belichick should go to Washington and accept that honor. Let me start off by saying the following. Coach Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time in NFL history. There's no question about that. There's no debate in my mind about that. However, however, considering the recent events that took place in Washington at the U.S. Capitol building and everything that has gone on since, I just don't know if accepting this award would be a good idea. In fact, I'm willing to go as far as to say, I don't think it's a good idea. And I have a whole list of reasons that I'm going to go through. And I'm going to tell you exactly why I don't think this is a good idea. Listen, Coach Belichick. I get that you and President Trump may have a certain level of friendship. I don't know to what extent. I don't know how long you may have been buddies, buddies with them for. And nor do I necessarily care. But let's be completely honest about something here. Yes, your politics is no one's business. Who you're friends with, to some extent, may or may not be anybody else's business depending on the profession and the walk of life that you're in, at least to say. However, if you really think for one moment that you going to Washington and accepting this award from President Trump after everything that has gone on, especially after the events of Wednesday, January 6th, you honestly think that that's a good idea? Think about how bad the optics would be, in my opinion, if Belichick were to go down to Washington to accept this award from President Trump. 
Frankly, right now, President Trump should have the 25th Amendment levied and carried out against him. I mean, at this point in juncture, it's too late. But let's be completely honest about something here. That this man is not fit for the office. I have felt this way throughout his entire presidential term. However, when you consider what has transpired and you consider the locker room, you consider the organization that that Belichick works for, the New England Patriots. I mean, after all, the owner donated a million dollars to President Trump's campaign. I just don't think this is a good look. And there's going to be major ramifications, in my opinion, if he does. I think that if you look at President Trump and Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick accepting this award, I look at Belichick in a very different limelight. Honestly, you talk about people already hating the Patriots already for whatever reason it may be, whether if it's because oh of perceived notions coming from Spygate or Deflategate and that and that debacle or whatever other reason you may have. But now you add this. I'm not so sure. I'm honestly not so sure. And then on top of that, and this is really the biggest part that I'm going to really spend the next few minutes talking about. This offseason for the New England Patriots is going to be incredibly crucial. So important that it cannot be overstated by even the slightest margin. You can't overstate the importance of this offseason for Bill Belichick. The fact of the matter is, is that Cam Newton, it didn't work out well. And the Patriots are going to be in the market for a new quarterback. That's a fact, whether it be through the draft or through free agency. You honestly think for one moment that free agents see this and they're they're saying to themselves, eh, do I really want to deal with this? Do I really want to deal with a guy who, who, um, who clearly aligns himself with someone who is a bigot? a misogynist, amongst other things. I'm not sure if the optics of it would even look good. I mean, listen, the truth of the matter in the way I see it is that you talk about Bill Belichick accepting this award, and I and I make it very clear, I don't think he should accept this award, especially now. In the aftermath of what just happened on January 6th at at the Capitol, I just don't think this is a good look. I wholeheartedly believe that you talk about a, a man who, who by in large part is the greatest head coach in the history of the NFL. I look at free agents going to New England and say, hmm, this man is someone who aligned himself with Trump, who, by the way, incited the riot that was on Capitol Hill. And there's no question in my mind that 
that carries a certain level of gravitas now, especially given that we all know what would have happened if, and I mean if, the people who stormed the Capitol building were black or any other ethnic minority other than white. Is that the kind of message that Belichick wants to send out? Because after all, he is a public figure. And the way I see it, if I was someone going to a place for for potential opportunity, for example, and this person was an, a person who supports Trump or a, a, a nationalist or whatever else, I really would give it some serious second thoughts because at the end of it all, listen, I get money talks and all the other stuff walks. But the fact is, Belichick taking this medal of honor, and I get that it's a high honor and it's deserving of the respect that it does have, but not with the kind of person that is currently in the office. I'm not sorry for saying that. People have said for the longest, well, respect the office. It's still your president. I respect the office, but I don't have to respect the person when respect is not given. It is earned. And if you still somehow respect the president of the United States after what just transpired, you have a problem. That's not a me problem. That is a you problem. And frankly, Belichick being friends with him, do am I a fan of it? No, I'm not a fan of it. But I'm not going to sit here and tell another grown man who to be friends with. That I'm, that's something I'm not going to do. But I am entitled to say that him accepting the medal, a presidential medal of freedom, uh-uh. Especially after what just transpired. Bad look. Bad optics. And you need free agents to come to New England this offseason. Because let's face it, you have a whole laundry list of things that you need to help improve this roster. You really, really, really want to take that chance of really infuriating a league who, by the way, is, what, 65% black? And then, oh, by the way, your roster is comprised of mostly African-American men. I mean, I get that. You, I mean, these are guys that you've coached for an extended period of time that you've built relationships with. But on the outside looking in, you really think that's going to be a good look? That's my point. Optics matter. Perception matters. Who you align yourself with absolutely matter. Perception may not always be reality, but it sure does say an awful lot about a person. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. So I look at Coach Belichick and I would tell him, listen, don't take that Presidential Medal of Freedom. I understand that it's a high honor. I just don't think that now, given the climate and given what just transpired, I don't think it's a good idea to take that award now. So there are people out there that will say, well, he should still take it. I mean, why absolutely 
take the risk of alienating your friend. And I get it. That is his friend at the end of the day. However, don't be so tone deaf and so self-servant that that you completely ignore what's happening and what's going on for your own personal image. Given that you need help, you don't want to alienate anybody who could potentially help you get back to where you once was. And that was a winning coach because you didn't do a whole lot of winning in 2020. Let's be honest on the field and off the field. I mean, after all, you did lose Tom Brady or he or you decided to, quote unquote, mutually part ways. You had opt outs due to covid. And then you went seven and nine your first season without Brady. And oh, by the way, Brady won a playoff game. So he's playing in the uh, division round. How's that working out for you, Bill? Think long and hard about what you're about to do and the ramifications that it's going to have because it's going to have a ripple down effect, whether you want to admit it or not. This arrogance can only get you so far. When you're winning, it's one thing. When you're losing, not so much. And you got a lot more to lose than you have to gain right now. So if I were you, I really think long and hard about the decision that you're about to make. Because it's going to have a ripple effect, both on you, your roster, and as well as across the NFL, and especially in the court of public opinion. It's a shame, but it's a fact. So if I am Bill Belichick, I don't think you should accept this award. Maybe, just maybe later, maybe another time. But right now, given everything that's happening and what has happened, and we're about to have a new president being sworn in, and we don't know how bad the collateral damage is regarding the the riots in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, I really think long and hard, Bill Belichick, because your decision is going to have an absolute devastating effect if you are not careful with your choice. Coming up next... We're going to continue to talk more NFL on this program as the Baltimore Ravens. They continue to impress me. That and much more coming up next on The Shoe with Shukri Rates right here on Pacifica Radio Network. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up... I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a I sunny up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be. 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 When I grow up. I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. This is the city where danger lurks. Today, a new creature walks among us, causing fear, mayhem, and injury. Stay back, children. 
Look out for the dreaded digital deadwalkers. They're not looking out for you. With faces pressed against their little handheld devices, they put all good citizens in harm's way. Hey, pal. Pardon you. The digital deadwalkers are multiplying. Until their behavior patterns can be modified, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons warns all innocent people to stay alert. Better yet, to step up and speak out. Oh, hey, dude. I'm walking here. Oh, I, sorry. I didn't see you. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who want to keep everyone well-connected with healthy bones. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on. Or this to the treadmill on your wish list. Or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Shoe with Shukri Reich on Pacifica Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in to this program wherever you are, however you may be listening. Always greatly appreciate it. Listen, it's been some kind of uh, weekend in the NFL. And a lot of the show today has been talking about NFL-related uh, topics. You know, I look back on the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers game earlier. I talked about whether if it would be a good idea for Bill Belichick to accept the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And just thinking about the NFL this past week, and I thought the NFL did a really good job overall in terms of its first ever super wild card weekend um, setting in which that you saw three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and and it, all in all, it turned out to be a pretty good uh, product. Now, the only thing that I didn't really like was the Saints game against the Chicago Bears in which that, okay, it was on CBS and as well on Nickelodeon. Now, there are points in time that the Nickelodeon 
broadcast. It's it was kind of cool, but by and large, personally, I wasn't the biggest fan of all of the graphics. You know, when I when I watch football, I like be able to enjoy just the simplicity of a broadcast. You know, I see what's going on in the field, I see what's happening. A player scores, make a, the player makes a great play, cool. But I mean, I guess the one thing I did I did find amusing also slightly was, I think it was the referee, who got caught with a hot mic saying the f bomb, and that in itself was like, oh, I thought this was supposed to be a a children's friendly program, but clearly not. <laughs> but uh, I just thought that moment was just funny. Now, I gotta turn my attention to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Earlier in the show, I talked about how adversity makes teams better. It makes you better. And the Baltimore Ravens, if you may recall, were a team that absolutely struggling at one point this season. They absolutely were like going through it, especially if you remember back in November when they had the COVID outbreak and this team was just seemingly spinning in neutral. They got healthier. They overcame it. And during the final month of the regular season, they got hot. Lamar Jackson was playing at an elite level almost similar to his MVP season of 2019, where he really took the NFL by storm. And I got to tell you, this Baltimore team, and I've been telling my friends this for a minute now, this Baltimore team is extremely dangerous. And I talk about the importance of getting hot at the right time. But the Baltimore Ravens look like that type of team in which that they are hot at the right time, which is the playoffs. And we've seen how that works in the postseason. You may remember the 2007 New York Giants. They got hot at the right time. Starting right after the Week 17 loss to the previously undefeated New England Patriots back in 2007. And they went on an absolute magical run through the playoffs to winning Super Bowl 42. You talk about the 2011 New York Giants as well. Same thing, got hot at the end of the regular season, went on an improbable run to a Super Bowl championship. We talk about um, teams who get hot late and go on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, 2010, the Green Bay Packers, very similar situation. Got hot at the right time and went on a, went on a, a tremendous Super Bowl run. That was with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, their only Super Bowl together. It's been done in the NFL. What you're seeing with the Baltimore Ravens is nothing short of absolutely amazing football on both sides of the ball. Defensively. I'm going to start defensively because for you to shut down a 2,000-yard rusher in Derrick Henry is pretty darn impressive all the way through and through. Very impressive. Consider this. Consider the fact that you talk about a team who knew going in that the first thing 
that they're going to have to do is shut down Derrick Henry. Because you remember a year ago in the playoffs, Derrick Henry ran all over this Baltimore Ravens defense. In the game against the Ravens, the Titans against the Ravens, Derrick Henry had how many yards? 40 yards on only on 18 carries. I'm going to repeat that. 18 carries for 40 yards. And this is a guy who ran over 2,000 yards this past regular season. And for you to shut him down in the way that you did, that's pretty incredible. And on top of that, you forced Ryan Tannehill, who threw for 40 touchdown passes this season. I mean, which is impressive. And then think about this for a moment. Baltimore, they also stole the Tennessee offense that was fourth in the NFL in average points per game at 30.7. And then on the top of it all off, the Baltimore Ravens finished with a 401 to 209 yards edge in total offense. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. This team was down 10 nothing, and Jackson was sacked five times in the game. Even then, he didn't let that rattle him or the team. And that's a real testament to the mental toughness and fortitude that the Baltimore Ravens have developed in their adversity this season. I mean, watching the game, I really couldn't help but to think to myself that you talk about a guy who really took over when he needed to take over. But I will tell you this. That 48-yard touchdown run, that Jackson had in that game was an absolute beauty to see. I mean, you talk about taking a second gear and kicking it into flight. That was exactly what he did. I mean, the speed that he ran with, running that ball, diving for the corner of the end zone on that play. I mean, ooh-wee. I mean, I, I really was just like, yo, that man got wheels. That, that man got wheels, and it ain't just his arm that you got to contend with. You got to contend with his legs. And there was a beautiful explanation given on Undisputed. It's a program that I watch almost religiously in which that when you try to run parallel with Lamar Jackson, he's going to outrun you. The speed in which that he plays with, the, the game in which that he brings to the field, speed. Very few, and I mean an extreme few amount of individuals can match that kind of speed that Lamar Jackson possesses. And he sure reminded the Titans that, hey, sure, you, you're, you, may, you may not see me you know, throw for over 300 yards, but I can still beat you with my legs. And sure enough, the Titans got beat by the Ravens on the strength of their legs. And I should also include J.K. Dobbins, who had that four-yard touchdown run, which now gives him a rushing touchdown in seven straight games, which is only second to only, you know, a guy named Maurice Jones-Drew, who used to play with the Jacksonville Jaguars back in the day, like 2006-2007, which he said a mark and rushing for a touchdown in eight straight games back in 2006. But this Baltimore team defensively, being able to shut down one of the best offenses in the league in Tennessee, 
I can't help but to think that you talk about a team who that is finding its identity if it hasn't already found it already. It's there. It's fastly approaching, and I'm telling you something. That matchup between Baltimore and Buffalo in in the divisional round is going to be must-see TV. I like what the Buffalo Bills have done. I really do. I like the strides that Josh Allen has made this season. It's been nothing short of amazing and spectacular to watch him throw the ball down the field with confidence. But the truth is, you got a team in Baltimore who I think they are capable of shutting down that high-power Bills offense. I think they are capable. Don't be surprised, ladies and gentlemen. You hear this first here on The Shoe on Pacifica Radio Network. But don't be surprised if Baltimore goes into Buffalo and pulls off an upset. Because what this team is doing right now this has some level of some similarity to 2012 when when John Harbaugh won his first and only Super Bowl title in his career. It has that kind of feel to it. The only difference is that he had Joe Flacco at quarterback at the time. Ray Lewis was in his final postseason of his NFL Hall of Fame career. And this time around, you have Lamar Jackson who I'm going to go as far as say that he is a better quarterback than Joe Flacco in a defense. If it hasn't already hit its stride, it sure is on its way to hitting its stride. It is going to face a real stiff test in the divisional round against the Buffalo Bills. But you got to like what you've seen from this Baltimore team, offensively, defensively, and I really cannot believe that here we are, the Ravens are, in fact, the most dangerous team left in this postseason. After all, remember, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this was a team that last year was the number one seed, and they were one and done by Tennessee. They had the first round by and lost to Tennessee at home. So in more ways than one, the idea that Lamar Jackson can't win in the postseason, that has been shredded. That's number one. Number two, the other part of it is, is that you look at Baltimore and they're playing with a huge chip on their shoulders. And I have a real funny feeling that this playoff run for the Baltimore Ravens is nowhere near done and that they are just getting started. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out in the wild card round. But I'm telling you, if you're a Ravens fan, you have got to be really impressed with what you saw all the way through and through. Coming up next, I'll present you my final thoughts right here on The Shoe with Shukri Writes. You're listening to The Shoe with Shukri Writes right here on Pacifica Radio Network. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part. 
Because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, this is Paul McCartney on behalf of Rad. If you're drinking, you can't drive my car or any car. Remember, if you're partying this holiday season, don't drink and drive. Got it? It's just not worth it. Doesn't make sense. Thank you. Yes, I'm gonna be a star. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. John, we can't keep putting this off. Okay, I'll clean the gutters. I'm talking about your dad. Well, what can we do? He wants to stay in his house. We can make his house safer. Yeah, I worry about the steps. Perfect world, there are no steps, but he does have steps. And that banister only goes halfway up. And all those little throw rugs are falls waiting to happen. So what about his prescription meds? If he forgets and takes them twice, he could get really dizzy. Right. We could get him one of those daily pill counters. And he should have some sturdy hand grips in the bathroom and shower. This is all easy to do. You know he's a proud guy. He's not going to take all our fussing lying down. That's the idea. For older people, falling and breaking a hip can be devastating. For more tips on making homes safer, visit orthoinfo.org slash falls. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Now please, clean the gutters. Just be careful on the ladder. Welcome back to Shoe with Shoe Curates right here on Pacifica Radio Network. And it's time for Final Thoughts with your truly Shoe Curates right here on Pacifica Radio Network. And... We had a tremendous weekend of football that just came and went. And I enjoyed every single bit of it, frankly. All of the games were really good. The TV product was great. And I really enjoyed what I saw in terms of the entertainment, the matchups, everything. And I want to mention that I think that this weekend's NFL divisional matchups for both the AFC and the NFC could potentially be equally as good, if not even better. And I say that because when you look at the big picture involved, I like the matchups that we're going to have this weekend. I mean, let's start with the AFC side. You're going to have Baltimore and Buffalo. That's going to be a fascinating matchup of the hottest team in the NFL than Baltimore Buffalo, this is a team that they feel that they have finally turned a corner after so many years of disappointment. And you got the Cleveland Browns against the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. The expectations are going to be huge in Kansas City, especially nationally as well, given that they had the talent all year long to get back to the postseason and win another Super Bowl. And that's the expectation there. And in the NFC side, you got the Rams and Green Bay Packers. That's going to be a really good one. And as well as Tampa Bay at New Orleans, that's going to be a really good one as well. And listen, truth be told, I'm fired up. I like the final four games matchups before we get to Championship Sunday. It's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of really good must-see football. And frankly, I can't wait to share my thoughts and my takes on what I saw from those games with you, the listener. And I mean, just the matchup alone between Brady and Breeze 
I mean, how could you not possibly be excited for that as a football fan? Drew Brees in what could very well be his final postseason push as he may very well possibly retire once the season concludes. And Brady, he intends to come back for another year, but you can't help but to wonder how many of these prime-time juicy matchups are we going to continue to see between Brees and and Brady? We used to salivate at Peyton Manning and Tom Brady matching up. We used to look forward to it as a country looking – at this matchup and watch those two great quarterbacks go at it. But I'm telling you, divisional weekend is where the real fun begins. And no disrespect to Walker Weekend, because Walker Weekend was amazing. But divisional matchups usually gives us a pretty good indicator as to who's going to win the Super Bowl. I wholeheartedly have believed that for years, and I still strongly feel that way about, about the NFL postseason now this year. Think about this for a moment. At this point, who do you think has the best chance of getting back to the Super Bowl from the NFC and the AFC? Here's the final four teams in the NFC side. The Los Angeles Rams, Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. AFC side, Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who's your pick to get back to the Super Bowl this upcoming February 7th? It's going to be a lot of fun to watch football this week, and I can tell you that for a fact. And I can't wait. I can't wait to share with you all my thoughts on the games. That'll be all for, for this edition of The Shoe with Shukri Writes on Pacifica Radio Network. Thank all of you for listening to the program. Much appreciated. Hit me up on Twitter at Shukri Writes, on Instagram at SWritesRadio underscore. I look forward to talking to you next time. Take care, everybody. Much blessings and Peace.